A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. All right, guys, welcome down to episode 62 of the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast. This is your intro with myself, Rick Shields, and Guy. Uh, we cover a lot today. Yeah. We even talk about golf. Possibly too much golf, if you ask me. So if you're ready for a golf podcast today, sit back and relax. Um, we also cover um, why Guy got on people's nerves. Yes. And why I made a big mistake. You did. It's, it's, this is a two-part to the outset. It's the first section is golf-centric. It's quite serious. It's Rick being very knowledgeable and professional. Second half, we swear, or I swear, let my hair oh, down. I swear. swore loads today. Real loads of swear. Now, I didn't really... You'll, you'll see why. Um, I swore. I might bleep some of that out. Okay, well, bleep it if you want. <laughs> um, I also got upset. Nearly quit the podcast again. That's two times now in the last I know. month. So I know. I'm thinking about setting up a car review channel. Yeah. And we talk um, about the phenomenal contributions for you guys with Walk 18. has been amazing. And um, how I managed to sneak a little cheeky beer in before my, my curry order. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if today's a good one or not. What do you think? My heart tells me it was amazing. Does it? Yeah. Wow. The listeners will probably tell me it's not. But either way, <laughs> sit back to an action-packed one-hour-over episode of the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast. Rock, paper, scissors? Now, I'm gonna let you, no, 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 no. You can have it today because I think you put in a good shift. Um, so start the jingle in three, two, one. Welcome back to the Rick Shields podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Rick Shields. I'm here with producer Guy. We're in a slightly different location today. It feels a bit different, but I'm excited for a, another action-packed podcast. It does feel a bit different. Um, will it be as action-packed as last week's? Well, I must admit, sitting here last Monday, never did I expect in my wildest dreams that people would have so much interest to the clothes that are in my wardrobe. I can't believe how big it went. <laughs> I rang you on Monday morning. Oh, no, sorry, I texted you, and obviously what you said about last week, and you were a little bit like, mm, I'm not sure. And then by Tuesday, it was trending number four in the UK on YouTube. I've got to give it to you, right? <laughs> I don't want to say marketing genius. I don't want to say, I don't want to put words in your mouth. But <laughs> if that's what you think, then I'll happily take it. Content mark, marketing <laughs> genius. I don't know what to do with my leg today. Uh, no, unbelievable. Get chilled. Obviously, people um, found it a, a very fascinating topic. Guys, if you don't know what we're talking about, it's uh, my um, very professional and amicable split with Nike uh, with regarding clothing and apparel and footwear and basically the reasons why and we'd made a video about it as well we talked about it on the podcast we released it on the main channel and like guy went said four um number four on trending was it something like four hundred and seventy thousand views in 24 hours 
Yes, I think it was. So it's like our biggest, fastest growing video ever in 24 hours. And the feedback in whole was very positive. The fact that it was honest and transparent. And that's kind of what we wanted to do. And that's the reason why we even set up the podcast in the first place, was having that level of, of honesty and transparency with the audience. That we, we kind of, uh, certainly I felt like I lacked with YouTube and Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. The podcast allows us to just sit back, chill, vibe, and talk for, you know. We do vibe, don't we? Talk about why, uh, why people cared about what socks I put on in the morning. Well, what's strange is, I'm just looking at some numbers now, it's had um, nearly 700,000 views, that video, right? It's been watched for three and a half million minutes. So some simple maths would say that is 58,000 hours, which is two two and a half thousand days worth. Nice. So that's been watched, that video, altogether for two and a half thousand days. And with a couple of nice strong adverts in there, it might pay for the Nike contract. Exactly. <laughs> Always thinking. <laughs> no, honestly, the feedback was amazing. I'm, I'm so glad people enjoyed the fact that, you know, it was just being honest and uh, even made it into some news articles and all sorts. But yeah, it was a, a crazy week and, um, you know that's kind of over the bridge and far away uh, we've had lots of talks about potential merch clothing lines potential other partners so stay tuned because uh, some exciting things in the pipeline for sure do you want to get on today's show let's do it because as people will see from the title i've already planned out the title before the show which is very rare normally we do it and then i'll think of something we'll think of something that kind of sounds quite clickbait let's yeah, be honest yeah. and, that, and last week proved that clickbait work so for our hardcore listeners don't worry every week's still going to be decent content but the titles need to be strong to get new people in yeah so this week rick i'm going to go back to a topic uh, sorry um kind of a um what's it called not a topic a mine's gone blank a feature okay feature we, we used to do years ago well not years ago when it, <laughs> it feels like years ago 57 episodes ago where i would do change my mind oh okay and I think you have potentially made a huge mistake. Oh, don't tell me this now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go on. Let's talk. Now, you're on a quest for distance, aren't you? Uh, you could for call speed. it that. For yeah, speed you could and call for distance. Yeah. And the viewers will have seen the first video already, hopefully. Yeah, so five weeks ago we released a video because it's getting close to the six-week kind of uh, recap, basically, where I went on a mission to try and increase my clubhead speed from what is currently 110 miles per hour to trying to get to closer to 115 miles mm-hmm. per hour yes and i would think well obviously you i would know i reckon i probably know your game as well as anybody you've seen me hit more shots than anybody else in the world right and over the last 12 months or so i think your driving has come on leaps and bounds thank you when we would film videos before or we'd play or whatever it might be you would either be a bomber or massive snap up left, occasionally kind of block right, but it, it was fairly wayward but long. Yeah. As you alluded to in the first video, you've lost distance a little bit. Not much, but a little bit of speed, a little bit of distance. But I definitely think you've gained a lot of accuracy. It's very rare 100%. that you miss a fair way or miss it by much. Yeah. So I think, although this has been a good video, the first one was a good video, and the second one where you follow up and give all your feedback, hopefully will be another good video. So we've got a couple of good videos from it. I think this quest for speed and for distance is a massive mistake for your game. Okay. And I want to kind of, again, it's a little bit devil's advocate in this. Coach guy. But a little bit of why I think it's a bad move. So, launch monitors are amazing pieces of kit, aren't they? Yes. You know as well as anybody how beneficial they are for coaching, um, for for club reviews, for seeing gains, stuff like that. Yeah. Club fitting. 
yeah, the, the, you couldn't go back. You, you couldn't go back to a time now that didn't exist. Could you couldn't you? imagine a world where you can't get spin rates and ball speed and distance exactly. And all that. But my issue potentially, certainly for, for you a little bit, is have are, are they becoming an ego inflator? Mm. So what I mean by that is, before launch monitors were a thing, if you you would only have a, you could only really golf someone's game by what you would see with your eye, wouldn't you? Correct. So if me and you were playing and I was out driving you, or you were driving me, you would literally say you hit it further than me or whatever because it's what you're seeing on the golf course. But what, now we're so much more focused on club head speed and ball speed. Certainly, certainly club head speed is, is what you're really looking for, aren't you? But um, I've made some notes here and I'm hoping I'm going to get this out as well as I planned it over the weekend when I rehearsed it in my bedroom because <laughs> it was so good they wouldn't have had a leg to stand on it was that good um, but before, so yeah before club ed, before launch we didn't really know what club head speed or we didn't know ball speed yeah. and when playing what I call real golf it was very much about where the ball went and your total distance but we know on the golf course often hitting the fairway will result in more distance because obviously it's going to bounce a little bit more etc and certainly when playing on the golf course certainly with the holes a slight little bit even a slight dog leg hitting it straight over that line would therefore get more distance or certainly put you in close to the hole for your next shot so being accurate on the golf course can actually aid with distance obviously big time can't it um, certainly at the golf course I grew up at, it's very hilly. So hitting on certain lines where you get certain bounce or certain slopes would result in more distance. So if it's a slight dog leg left, let's say, I haven't hit one 250, you might go 260. But if you go further right and I go over the tighter line, I've got a much shorter shot in. So I'm perceived to be a longer hitter. Hence tiger line. Exactly. Even though you've hit the golf ball further, it appears I've hit it further because of the line. Whereas obviously on launch monitors, it's very much about speed, isn't it? It's black and white. It, it's... I, I hit it 160 miles per hour, you hit it 162 miles per hour, let's say. Yes. I think with this whole kind of launch runner thing now and speed, and certainly again, club head speed, I think we're focusing too much on the speed and not the distance. So I've just done some simple maths here. Um, so a lot of people listening will know what, um, obviously, ball speed is. It's how fast the ball comes off the face. Club head speed is how fast you're swinging the golf club. And then we have what's called smash factor, which is quite simply, it's your ball speed divided by club head speed and it's it's typically seen that 1.5 roughly is the optimum with the golf club and golf balls we use today you can get a bit more whatever but that's roughly where we would love to be at where tour pros are yeah if you're swinging at 117 miles an hour which is much quicker than you are now we'd love to be but your smash factor dropped down to 1.39 which i've seen some of your shots mm, the other day did have, do you have that would give you a ball speed of 162 okay however a club head speed of 112, which is five miles an hour slower, which is a lot slower, yeah. but a 1.47 smash factor would give you a 164 ball speed and therefore would be a longer golf shot if, if we're going off the same spin and launch and etc. So out of those two, on the golf course, the slower swing speed player will be hitting it further, probably more likely than not. But on a flight, on a, on a track man or a, on a GC quad, if you're going for just for club head speed, you're going to be more impressed by the 117, aren't we? And do we think that by you changing your speed to try and get so much faster and possibly miss the face more and hitting it more off the toe and off the heel, you're going to lose ball speed and therefore end up losing distance? Is that where we're at? That's where we're at. Okay. So let's go a little bit on this journey, just to pad it out a touch more. I've never, ever, ever been worried about distance mm-hmm. in my whole golf life. Even when I was a junior, going through college, um, as I, even when I turned professional for the first time, I never, ever felt like I was short. I always felt like I wasn't the longest. Obviously, you, you play with golfers that just 
you know, because of their size and their build and their club head speed, do hit it further. But in general, there's very little times where I would ever, ever be concerned about my distance. And as Guy rightly said, I think as we've been out on the golf course a lot more filming, certainly the last couple of years, and to be honest, I spent much less time on launch monitors. I know people might find that hard to believe, but when I was coaching a lot more, when I was at Trafford or Lytham or Prairie, in between lessons or or even hitting shots as demonstrations for for clients or after coaching i would spend time hitting balls on launch monitors much more probably one than what i do now and you're right launch monitor numbers i was very good at um you know I, i knew what those numbers were i could i could almost you know somewhat predict as soon as i hit a shot what the what the club head speed was what the ball speed would be and what the distance would be and i think in the last year there's been there's been probably three or four things that have made me want to try and increase my speed okay number one you (laughs) thank you so when we played golf a couple of times last year i never ever ever thought i was short Mm -hmm. and you don't play much golf no and annoyingly you were hitting it longer than me Mm -hmm. fact yeah 12 yards yeah well and harry one of our editors who's here now he he says we don't talk about this enough on the podcast he doesn't get enough air time does he so i'm going to give him a little shout out (laughs) he's nodding in the background we played at formby hall and completely out the blue i hit a decent well sorry i hit a decent tee shot i did i kind of play it down but it was a nice tee shot you stood up and you hit it famously 12 yards past me yeah harry stood up and famously well unfamously but famous now hits it probably 12 yards past guy so 24 yards past me and what's your handicap doesn't have one doesn't play golf doesn't play golf using one of my drivers stands up there with his horrible grip and his (laughs) (laughs) disgusting grip (laughs) and smashes it 24 yards past me yeah but then what did harry done his next shot doesn't matter after that shanked it out of bounds but he would have been in prime position yes so uh, that was one of the things that definitely reminded you know stuck in my mind let's Mm -hmm. say um, so it's kind of partly your fault. Yeah. And then we played here at the Marriott, and you again, famously, even though I beat you. That's the thing. So you're forgetting that you beat good. me, and you played play well. That day. I played unbelievable. I was like four under par or something stupid the match that we played, and beat you, yes. But you hit it past me too many times. Like, too many times. So we talk about, we talk about, um, what's the right word? ego on launch monitors i would actually say a lot of this ego started out on the golf course it could have done but let's just say i did out drive on the first hole whatever and then it's in your head then you might try and swing faster try and get past me but then by swinging faster and making it a less efficient swing and missing the middle of the face and therefore losing distance so you're swinging it faster but actually going to get less distance i'll come back to that in a minute the next time more recently remember traffic golf center either was it after christmas or around christmas and we, we were going to do a top tracer video with matt yes and we oh, didn't actually yeah. release the video in the end i remember this. and i beat him on the wedges which is very rare for me and maybe that's something i played down in my mind now matt fryer matt he's a papa every like literally when i talk about not being worried about distance I've never been worried about matt <laughs> like matt fryer like he hits it nowhere like he literally paps this little fady horrible thing down the <laughs> fairway he finds fairways yes but it, it was horrible we stood there at trafford mm. and he pummeled me on distance pummeled me but what was his club head speed was it was it less than yours no it was more or was it slightly more, more. he okay. was getting ridiculously faster ball speed which again i'll come on to mm. in a minute and he was, at, and I, I just couldn't compete. And I was like, what the hell? 
And then the last thing, possibly more kind of ego, um, I don't know, may, maybe with the things like Bryson and distance on, on tour becoming much more of a talking point with Rory and DJ and Bryson um, and even full-time players like Peter Finch <laughs> um, increasing club head speed significantly. It was like, whoa, what the hell? Am I, if I don't do something now, am I going to look back in two years and regret not trying to increase my speed like i'm at at the moment i feel like i'm slightly falling back on on a lot of players if i don't do something now is it going to become too late that was mm-hmm. my mindset so i started doing some more training started to get stronger started doing speed sticks which i'm still in the process of right now and you are right right now as i record this podcast and record the video soon to be released on the hitting of shots i am hitting the golf ball terribly have you lost distance on average, yeah. Mm. On average. When it goes right, though, at the moment, it's ridiculously longer. So let, let a little teaser. The full video will be coming out pretty soon in the next couple of weeks. I reckon now I've upped my club head speed to round about... I've, see, I've seen on the launch monitor speeds of like 117 miles per hour, mm-hmm. like you said. What I've definitely not translated it to yet is extra ball speed. Which is then going to be extra distance. Correct. I've not even, literally because I can't hit the middle of the club face at the moment. That's what I'm thinking. Is that a mistake though? Is it? Is, are you going to find the middle of the face with that speed? Have you got the time to practice, etc.? So this is where I reckon then I've possibly done one mistake. Okay. So at the moment, in the month of February, in the last five weeks, there's been a lot going on. So for example, I've homeschooling lockdown and homeschooling so being at home being with the family a lot more is is definitely more of a priority in my life because obviously it's hard with three kids at home for my wife and stuff then we're trying to work out more so i've been getting up much earlier in the morning doing workouts before even the kids get up not every day but kind of three to five times a week um i've then decided to try and walk four miles every single day yeah which again is time consuming and then also trying to do the sweet uh, speed stick training plus trying to make videos plus trying to do a podcast now the one thing that definitely has taken a massive massive backseat in all of this is hitting golf shots yeah like i have hardly hit any golf shots in this period of time um apart from the videos that we've been making but because of that i've upped my club head speed i've got stronger i've got faster i'm hitting the ball harder let's say i'm or hitting at it harder but the moment because i have literally been doing next to no golf shot practice my strike is horrendous so i don't think i've made a mistake yet but if if i was to look back at it and think what could i what would i have done differently in the last five weeks that would be it i would have hit more golf shots yeah i reckon in two or three weeks when i've uh, I can hit more golf shots or maybe I'm not doing the walk 18s or spending as much time at home and the kids start to go back, shall I say, when they go back to school pretty soon and hopefully we get to go out on the golf course in the March. I honestly believe I can generate that club head speed into ball speed and get more distance. Whether it'll last, whether I'll hit more fairways, whether I'll miss it more, time will tell. Mm-hmm. But as long as I outdrive you again, outdrive Harry, outdrive Matt Fryer, Start to get closer to Bryce and DJ Rory. But my plan is to annoy you by swinging it slower than you, but being more efficient and still out driving you. I think what I'm going to get to, I think I'm going to, I, I think I can get my maximum club head speed up to about 120. But I think my normal speed will be more like 115. 
and I can hit yeah, middle. Yeah, because the swing speed in at home in the sim is so different to a swing on so the golf course without a bounds, left, water, so right, different. in a match, etc. But the idea at the moment is I'm literally just training for speed. So then once I get the speed, then I can control it. Hmm. I mean, I, um, I wish you the best of luck with that. I'm just intrigued. And for the purpose of this title of the podcast, I think you've made a huge mistake. <laughs> Speaking of playing golf in a match, though, um, a gentleman called Nick K wrote in the Facebook group, so the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, which is a Facebook group. Join it, why not? 55,000 members now. Get involved. Um, and he said, when golf courses are open in England, how long will, it, will we have to wait before it's a Rick versus Guy course vlog? Give the people what they want. So I then commented and said, if this comment, my own comment, gets 100 likes... Which I think you knew it was going to get 100 yeah, likes. <laughs> yeah. I'll play Rick Shields and film it for the second YouTube channel, which is the Rick Shields Golf Show on YouTube. Which is doing unbelievable at the moment, by the way. It is. Big shout out to Matt, one of our other editors as well. He's been putting a lot of work and, and effort into that. We're on 45,000 subscribers now, pretty much. And this is filmed as we speak. So if you listen to this in audio-wise in the car, uh, on a run or something, you can check out clips on that channel. That comment got 354 likes. Wow, people want it. So people want to see me play you. Now, I'm going to hold so my as hand... as long as we get 354 views on the video. Then it's... Yeah, exactly. But there's a caveat to that. You hit a lot of golf balls. Oh, here we You're go. practicing your club head speed. You're working <laughs> out. Gol- hitting golf balls is your life. <laughs> I haven't hit a golf ball since well before lockdown. So what we might do, we said, is possibly have a kind of... Do a bonus pod. We might play a few holes, get back into the swing of it. Put that as like a little bonus podcast treat and a Thursday treat, let's say. Why not? And then we can ramp it up. I'll have a few range sessions, get rid of the early extension, and I can um, beat you, potentially. What's the current scores on the doors, you versus me? Probably about 3-0 to you, to be fair. I beat you every time. But you have, and I'll hold my hand up to that. They've been good games. <laughs> really good. The Grange Park nine holes, which is my old golf course you beat me at. And I think last. it was on the last. We played at Dunham Forest. I was winning most of that match, and you won on the last. Was it Dunham Forest? Or Delamere, Delamere Forest, yeah, sorry. I did you win on the last? Yeah, I did. Again, and I was winning most of that yeah. match, and you won. Um, played here. Yeah. Where that was an you played really, played really well. I played ridiculous. well again, but you beat me. Is that it? We Match played at Formby, I suppose. Yeah, Formby I was Hall. horrendous at Formby. Yeah, I battered you then. You did battle so me four then. So 4 0. 4 0. But it's been close. And um, if I and that's always with me just turning up, not using my own club, bits and bats. I'll be coming <laughs> to this one absolutely proper. I'll metal spike shoes on, wow. spur glove in my bag, loads of tees, too many tees. Clubs cleaned? Absolutely cleaned. Grips cleaned. Um, speaking of clubs. Did you see that thing up on Instagram, um, the story of... Because uh, I've got a new putter. I've currently got a spider. Oh, yeah. What that, yeah. Unbelievable. So I had... I've not got my thing now, but I think I had over a 1,000 votes. So I explain it, would, it to everyone, sorry. So I've been using, a, obviously, a, a tailor-made spider putter for a while. It's obviously one of Rick's. It was a Spider-X, copper. I love it to bits. Didn't massively like the colour, which isn't a big deal-breaker, is it? But I just... And I'm not a big fan of the colour of it, which is, doesn't mean anything. But honestly, I've now got this new two-ball with a line on it. Two balls, my favourite putter ever. The spider shape is my favourite shape ever. So the two in one should be a match made in heaven. And that's kind of what I, I had the same opinion when we released the video last week. Exactly. So I got, I've got both. Put a little picture on my Instagram and just a little vote and said which which should I use. It was literally fifty fifty. Like, and I think I had fifteen hundred, uh, no over a thousand votes, and it was like five hundred and then five hundred and two or something. So it still worked out fifty fifty. So, so I'm not sure. I don't know. What, yet. Not know what to, don't know what to do. Um, talking about golf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we. 
Not like us. Let's talk about mini egg bars. I watched a bit last night. See, I didn't watch any of it, so talk to me in layman's terms. So it was the Genesis Open yes. at Riviera. So Tiger's Golf. Uh, I don't know. I don't understand what his involvement is, though. Is it just his name, just to really Yeah, push I think it? he just is the host of it, basically. Riviera looks insane. It's one of those courses, what I believe, I've just never been to it. It's near Hollywood. It's, um, it's not long. It's not particularly massively well protected, but the scores are never ridiculous round there mm-hmm. because it's so well designed. Like the bunkers are really well placed. The greens are unbelievably undulating and fast and things like that. So I'm not going to lie to anybody listening. I, I didn't watch every single day. How much did you watch? Uh, last five holes. <laughs> Standard. Yeah. That's all you need. Well, it is. It is. It actually is. So I tuned in because genuinely I saw on Twitter that Tony Finau had a chance of winning. Now, if you don't know Tony Finau, he is an unbelievable player out on tour. But for whatever reason, he's been now dubbed the nearly man. Is what, has he won once on tour, I think in 2017 or something? A long time ago. Considering he is up there a week after week. He has won $22 million oh my in earnings, yet only won one event. He's always up in the majors, isn't he? Always. He is one of the best each-way bets you could ever put on. I think your odds for him would just be ridiculous. But he doesn't get the wins. Like, he just doesn't win. Now, typically, there's no massive reason behind that. It's not like he massively folds. It's not like he leads in the final day and shoots 77. Yeah. It's not like he he goes bat- battle head-to-head with anybody and just doesn't, you know, falls down or whatever it may be. It's just... He doesn't shoot lower than everyone else. <laughs> is that sometimes this? Year, I don't really watch enough golf on tour. I've, I've said many a times to know. Is it almost that he's so consistent that it appears like he is a bottler? If that makes sense, possibly because his name is at the top. Exactly, so he's often. always up there. I, I would almost put Rory in the same bracket as yeah. that because Rory also gets quite a, a bad rep for not closing out because he, he's always up there, but he doesn't win enough. Yeah. But he's obviously won a lot, yeah. a lot more than Tony Fee now. But it's just that Rory's up there so, so often. But suppose you're going to get one person every week on the PGA Tour who plays pretty much the best week of their life. So it's hard to win, obviously, it's, you know, of course it is. But if you're playing well consistently all the time, you're going to finish second, fifth, third, yeah, tenth. Like, exactly. It might look like you're a bit of a bottler, but is it just the fact that you're so good, you're always there or thereabouts? And I would agree with that until I watched what I watched last night. So Sam Burns... Now, I don't know loads about, but was leading the tournament pretty much to like the 15th hole. All, all week, he played amazing. He, he kind of stumbled off a little bit. Tony Finau made a, a silly bogey on the back nine, and then um, Max Homer was kind of there and thereabouts as well. Uh, Sam, unfortunately, dropped out. Um, Tony Finau finished well. Birded 17, I think he birded 16, 17, and then parred the 18th. Max Homer... Uh, birded 17 unbelievable birdie from the bunker and and literally he was so him and him and tony fina on the last hole were level mm-hmm. on 11 under i believe or 12 under max homer in front of tiger woods tiger woods on the balcony oh my days did you see tiger by the way no not any of it at all he didn't look well did he not no in what way like tired like really really like drained like i'll show you a picture i think i saw a meme actually I think I saw a meme. He looked, you know, not not well. And, and he said about, I don't think I've got a screenshot on this phone. He talked about the fact that he's, you know, going through a lot of, of um, MRI scans and medications, things like mm. that. But he, he really didn't look particularly well. But anyway, so Max Homer on the last hole hits. I mean, I, how they play under this pressure is it? 
beyond me. I can't get my head around that. It is beyond me. He stood on the 18th hole, absolutely striped on down the middle of the fairway. Unbelievable tee shot. Did you say so, yeah. Lovely hole, like really uh, picturesque. He, uh, I think, had about 140 yards left into the into the last hole. This is Max Homer. Yeah. Sticks it to three and a half feet. Right, oh my days. so he has that put to win. So everybody just thinks Tony. Tony shot sixty-four. He shot six under the lowest round of the so day. So he can't be a bottle of no. can he? Well, that's what was said like yesterday. But then I'll tell you a bit more about the kind of playoff. So uh, basically, Max Homer had the three and a half footer to win the tournament. You know, Tony Finau was going to come second again, and it was kind of you know inevitable. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought I jinxed him because I put a few things on Twitter, thinking, "Come on, Tony, you know it's happening," because it seemed like he he, he was going to do it. Yeah. Um, certainly when Max Homer stuck it in the bunker on 17, because at the point of that time, Tony Finau was in the clubhouse and won ahead. Max Homer missed the three and a half footer, lipped out. And then you think, is he the bottler, Mm. right? No, he didn't bottle it. So they went to the 10th hole. They both par it then. Both par the the 9th hole, uh, the 18th. So they both finish at, I think it was 11 under, let's say. Uh, Sam Burns was one back. So they play the playoff hole, the 10th hole, I believe the first hole was. It's a really short par four, really tricky hole, but this is, the stats prove that you, if you go for it, you make a better score than laying up. Mm-hmm. So they both pretty much go for it. Tony hits his perfect tee shot in this lovely little layup area, only 20 yards from the green, right? Mm-hmm. Max Homer pulls it left. Right. It gets stuck right next to a tree. Like, so now you're thinking it's females. Like literally, it looks dead. Now, on closer inspect, inspe- yeah, you think it's Tony Finau's now. Like, there's no way Max Homer's going to get up and down from here. Tony Finau's going to get up and down and, and, you know, win. This is it. It's it's happening. Max Homer gets up there, hoods the, the iron, stands basically sideways and basically hooks the ball from next to this tree onto the green. Like, ridiculous, ridiculous shot, right? Yeah. Tony Finau plays a, a fairly average chip to about eight, eight foot or something. Max makes par. Tony Finau's got this put to win. This so is for birdie to win. Still the first hole in playoff. This is to win. Missed. Right. Quite badly. Right. Next hole, par three. Again, Tony Finau, you think he's in the driving seat, pulls it short side into a bunker. Mm-hmm. Right. Max Homer kind of plays aggressive, goes for the pin. He makes par. Tony Finau makes bogey. Max wins. Wow. So it's like, you had it. You, you, you shot 64 to get in the playoff. Like, you were there. So do you think it is in his head then, or is it just un- is it I, I, unlucky or what? I think the shot on the path, I don't know. I, I, in in it, obviously it's hard to say. He could have made it. He could have made an easy up and down on on the first playoff hole, mm. in my opinion. Certainly where Max Homer was. Whether because it, Max was in such a bad position, Tony Finau kind of relaxed. But on the par three to short side himself so badly, pressure in it. Pressure's real. I literally. I think golf is the most daunting sport ever when you're playing well. Even if you just, even if, so when me and you play our match, even if we're on the last hole and I need to hole a putt to win and it's a six footer, I get so nervous. Yeah, yeah. But that, I suppose that's what I love about it to get yourself into that position. But I'm interested to see what he does then, Tony Fee, now. If he can go on and just be class, which he already is, and continue and win, or is it going to just. You just feel him? like, and a lot of people saying this on social media last night, he gets one win and he wins a mm. lot. 
Do you know what I mean? I just think it will happen. He gets one win and that is it. And you know what? I love Max because he, you know, he's so good on social media. He's unbelievable on Twitter. Um, he, he's a local kid. He was born in, uh, born and raised in LA where, where the tournament was. Massive Tiger fan. Tiger presented the trophy. Like he talked about in the press conference afterwards how um, he used to come to that event as a kid just to get a high I five. I saw that. I did see that tweet. From Tiger. And I was getting a trophy and from now it. Getting a, I mean, sick. how cool is that? So don't take anything away from Max Home. He's won three times on tour so far. I mean, it's unbelievable talent, but it does beg the question, is Tony Finau a nearly man or could he continue and hopefully win big? This has been a proper golf podcast so far, hasn't it? was quite golfy, that wasn't it? Yeah. Should we have a break now and just chill out like I heard? It's hard work, but then into curve out with the PJ Tour. Well, that, that's what happens when you listen for 30 minutes of it. <laughs> but I was, I got no, proper yeah. into it. That's the thing again, I, I don't watch enough golf, but if I'd, have, if I'd known that was so good last night, I would have happily put yeah. it on, I would have really got into it. It's just the Thursday, the Friday, oh, I just don't get into no. it enough bar the majors. Exactly. Um, and, that, and that's it. Unless Tony Finau was up there competing last night, I don't think I would have bothered no. turning it on. And that, that sounds bad, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's... I was watching Married at First Sight. Australia? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't get me started on that. Um, That's a weird programme, isn't it? I don't understand why the Australia programme is coming over here now. And it's like two years old. Yeah, it's from 2019. It's really strange. And it's an hour and a half every day for like weeks on weeks and weeks. Anyway. So, I've got a good Derek for you. And as I say every week, Derek is your chance to really zone in. Fully, the phone is still to one side. Have a quick look now. Have a quick scroll if you no, need right, it. Right, no, no scroll. Um it's from Charlie, but that's all I'm going to say, obviously, with it being a, a dear Rick, they're normally anonymous. I think first names works. Yeah. If you're not watching this clip now, Rick got his eyes closed. He's really looking very zen. I'm guessing it's Charlie Woods. It is Charlie Woods. He said, okay. my dad is better than me and I can't beat him. No, basically, <laughs> it says, I'm going to try and... It's always that compromise now. I've not wanted to read word for word and make it boring, but not wanted to skip anything. So I'm going to take my time, settle down, cruise along in the car in fifth gear, Ready for a nice dear Rick. Rick's ready. I'm going to keep going because Rick keeps shutting his eyes. I keep dragging it on. Right, here we go. Dear Rick, title is Golf Addiction Help Needed. Oh, wow. Having first picked up a golf club in April 2020, I've officially caught the golf bug, which sounds great on paper, doesn't it? I have found myself in the, um, in the golfing hole of obsessing over anything and everything from technique to equipment. I have managed to get myself to a 24 handicap, which I believe is a great start considering the stop-start nature of the last year for golf with lockdowns, etc. I am absolutely loving it um, and playing as much as I can. In 12 months, my travels have taken me to some lovely courses, including Portugal, etc. And he's, he's played, obviously, loads of golf. My problem is, I think the addiction is getting out of control. During this lockdown, I've been thinking uh, of all the possible ways to improve my game I feel like I'm nailing down my technique, but practicing hard in a golf net where my mat sticks up out the grass. Understandable. It has got to the point where whenever I see a new product that boasts innovation technology, I just have to buy a product. A recent example of this is purchasing a lab putter and an Axis One putter, both of which are very expensive. Uh, I'm not sure why I've done this, and it's difficult to see um, if the investment is worth it when I'm just putting on my carpet at home. So, Rick, do you have any ideas of how I can channel my addiction positively and stop my temptation of buying new products as they come out? I just uh, feel like when I see these companies, they sell stuff so well and it makes me want to buy stuff which is hard to obviously resist that temptation. Um, I'm really confident I can get down to 14 in the next year, but I really need to have the focus on practice instead of easy equipment fixes. It's a bit longer than that, but that's basically the the, the nuts of it, and that's from uh, Charlie. Wow. <sighs> it's tough, isn't it? So he's only Very been tough. playing golf for 10 months. Yes. Which isn't a long time at all. 
and I'm guessing he's an adult. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just trying to work out, not that it really matters, but those lab putters are expensive, aren't they? Yeah, well, he's obviously been able to afford that. Yeah. He must be an adult. He yeah. must be working. <laughs> you, you think so? Because it, it's a weird one, because as, as kids, we were addicted to golf. Yeah. I was addicted to golf. Yeah. But I was addicted to playing golf yeah. and improving at golf. I wasn't particularly addicted to buying new equipment, because but I couldn't afford exactly. it. Exactly. See, that's it. If I could have done it at that age, it would have been horrendous. Yeah. So, th- there's an, a li- really good piece of advice, and I think this is something a lot of people could learn from, is, as you've seen from many, many um, videos, even we've done where I've played with like 70-pound golf clubs, right? The latest and greatest golf clubs are great, and you're right. Companies are unbelievable at marketing and making you want to buy them. I get that. But your ability, your skill, will get you to a much lower handicap than any equipment ever will. Yeah. So, So, in my opinion... You're off 24 at the moment, which is a nice start for somebody who's been playing golf for 10 months. And like you say, with the stop and start of, of is it UK or does it not really say? I think it's UK. So with the stop and start nature at the moment, not being able to play loads, to get to 24 is, is okay. You should be quite proud of that. Yeah. I think then this is where you've got to tunnel your um, addiction, let's say, is reward yourself when you achieve certain goals. Mm-hmm. Because I think trying to buy success via new equipment isn't going to work but treating yourself to something new when you've achieved said goal will give you the drive that you need to actually improve your game so i I remember when i was coaching loads and i have a a student come in and go rick i'm really after a new set of clubs because it's going to help me play much better golf Uh, not really it might not make you play much better golf, as we've talked about in the, in the, the controversial custom fitting video that, that we did. <laughs> it might not make you play, play better golf. It might make you feel good. I understand why people want to buy new stuff. But why not treat yourself if you achieve said goal? Mm-hmm. So, for example, if he's off 24, he doesn't need, from the sound of things, he doesn't need anything at the moment to get him down lower than 20. To get into 18 handicap, let's say. He's having lessons as well, I should add. So he's doing everything right. Well, this is where we're going to go with this, Charlie. You need to set a goal and you cannot spend any money on equipment until you get down to an 18 handicap. Mm-hmm. Because then it gives you drive and you know six shots off your handicap. No special super duper putter is going to do that. No. Hard work, skill, playing golf when we can, is what's going to get you down. Like, listen to your coach. Listen to how you can improve your technique. Work on those things that you can control as opposed to actually trying to buy exterior products that are going to get you down to said handicap. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Mm. There's nothing wrong with being addicted to golf, i.e. wanting to learn everything and wanting to get fully into it. But then you've got to try try to channel it into actual improvement. And that's that's the link that I feel like he's missing at the moment. I was wondering with this, because addictions are not a funny thing, are they? Obviously, you know, it could be anything. If he's actually kind of using that word tongue-in-cheek or if it actually is an addiction, because obviously if it is, it probably needs to get some help. What's the, def- could... what's the definition of it? Of addiction? Mm. Well, I don't know, but an addiction, if it's a real addiction, would something that real ruins your life, doesn't it, really? Gambling or alcohol or smoking or drug, it's not something that's taken lightly. You might. I'm, I'm guessing, I'd like to think he's kind of using that a little bit tongue-in-cheek when he says addiction. Um, but... When you look at some of the terminology and, and and the marketing and stuff that the brands put out for new clubs, it does get you know higher launching, lower spin, longer um, fly, longer distances, faster ball speeds. If you are really into your golf and you've got the money to spend, you can understand why some people do get trapped in this world of buying stuff all the time. Like is addiction? I'm just looking online now. Is it always classed as a negative? Yeah. Because it's something it you can't control, isn't it? Yeah, That's the it's normally seen as, as being, um, what's, what did you say, almost over the top to some degree, wouldn't it? The fact of condition of being addicted, it, it basically means you can't control it. That's yeah. the big thing. Like, you've got no control over it. So as long, it depends, like, say, taking it on a much more serious route, as you're mentioning there, if it is a proper addiction and you literally cannot stop buying stuff because spending is an addiction, yeah. spending golf might be addiction. That's where you, you, you may want to seek help and you may want to get advice. And, you know, even just anybody listening now, if it, it, you might, this story might resonate with you, but for a different reason, it might not be an addiction to golf. It might be addiction to, we've had, you know, even people, I'm sure you won't mind tubes on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even like Robbie Williams, where they've, they've said they've had addictions in the past and how they've dealt with it and how they've got help. So if you do need help, do seek it definitely. Uh, but I think in this instance, like I say, just trying to reward yourself when you achieve certain goals, um, try and kind of get away from this idea that you can buy success. And I think you'll, uh, you'll enjoy your golf a lot more. Been a very serious podcast, that hasn't was, it? I don't that know. Was deep. How far in are we? Because we need to turn this shit right around. <laughs> what are we on here? Guys, even dropping s bombs. Thirty-eight minutes. I said shit, not shit. Shit. Oh, <laughs> that, then you said it. <laughs> turn this shit around. Sorry, we have to, when we do an intro after, we'll have to warn people. It's been the odd swear word. People how, love. How that. long is it? Thirty-eight. People like swearing. People like the fact if you said it at the start, people will be waiting thirty-eight minutes just to hear you say that. <laughs> um. Right, okay. I feel quite depressed today, Rick. Like gonna I'm going to I'm gonna open up a little bit you're gonna, here. You're going to get a, 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 a very, um, what's the right word? Not very nice message off your father later. <laughs> no, my dad will like it. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, last week's podcast, we talked, touched on this earlier. Um, 
was designed to be talking about the, the the Nike thing with obviously me and you for the podcast listeners, wasn't it? Yeah. Now, obviously, we've filmed the podcast, so we thought, well, it'd be rude not to put said clip on the second YouTube channel. Correct. Then we decided, let's put it on the main channel. Because which, we, story, the story was so good. It was such a good story. And, and I like the fact that you've been honest and open to the audience. The reception we've had, as we again, we touched on before, in terms of views and watch time and, and comments has been fantastic. But I've had a roller coaster week off the back of this. So, I have a little bit weirdly, but go on, I'll go well, with you, you first. Yeah, because, so, if you remember, last Monday, came in here, my car was faulty, right? It was. It still is. Started off a bit, uh. Then we did a podcast that went amazingly, I thought. It was a good one. So I was feeling pretty good about myself, feel on top of the world, right? Tuesday comes, we drop the video on the main channel. This is podcast. your first time being on the main channel. Yeah, I kind first, of keep forgetting this. The first time on, within the first... 10 minutes, hour, the video was breaking records. So I'm feeling good, right? The video's going well, podcast's going well. Then I started to read some of the comments. Oh. And I would I was thinking of analogy to how I explain what it's like reading comments. It's almost like, I don't know why I've thought this analogy, because I've been out of the dating game for a long time, obviously. <laughs> but imagine you go on a first date, right? And you get home, you think it's gone well. And somebody said to you, the girl or the boy, whatever you've been on a date with, is texting the friend now about the date. Do you want to see what they've said or not? Oh. How tempting it is to go, absolutely, I do want to see what they've said. But you know, by taking that risk and looking at that WhatsApp chat, that Facebook messenger, you're going to see, date with Ricky Shields was good, he's a charmer. Or it's going to say, oh, I don't really like him, he's boring, all he talks about is golf. <laughs> That's the risk you're taking, right, isn't it? On, on a scale of, of huge magnitude. Like it's, you've, it's you've a been on a first date with... 400,000 people yes. in a day. Yes. So I looked at the comments and I couldn't help but look at the bad ones about me. And by Wednesday morning, I was quitting the podcast. You were going to get a text that I was quitting. There were some comments that were like, this guy is ruining it. I want to listen to Rick and he's ruining it. He's jumping in all the time. I think, for Christ's sake. But I'm sorry about those comments. I shouldn't have left those. <laughs> I deleted them. <laughs> but after a couple of days... I took time to reflect on it, and I feel a bit better now. But it's just hard to not want to see the comments. But I also understand that a lot of people don't know what the podcast is. I've seen a video from you, wanted to hear from you, and there's some random person who don't have a clue who I am, who I who I is, <laughs> and <laughs> it's getting emotional. <laughs> and then it's also like um, on the obviously we're always asking for people to leave reviews on Apple. Okay, <laughs> this is quite funny. I'm going to read this out now. <laughs> Um, but the risk is when you do that, you don't know which way it's going to go. Oh, it's not showing me. I'll try and get my internet back on. But I'm trying to get to it. The world of social media, it is it is tough, isn't it? And you obviously know this as much as anybody, that you can't you can't have your cake and eat it, Rick, can you? You can't no. have the number one golf podcast in the UK and cry and people say you've got a whiny voice. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a really weird one. Obviously, certainly... Pod- hardcore podcast listeners know who you are know how we communicate to each other mm-hmm. we work together we you know we speak together every single day so it, it's a very relaxed matey kind of relationship where on the podcast uh, on the main channel people might have been like oh i'm not normally here just hearing rick yeah, speak. Yeah. i'm not here hearing anyone else speak so definitely it was a bit of a, a weird kind of reception and i think because it was so it wasn't planned it wasn't scripted it was so kind of off the cuff the way we talk 
and that's how we talk you know we, we talk how we talk and you know if you jump in i jump in it doesn't really matter so i wouldn't take too much offense for that but i think social media like you're right it is a very tough place um and, and i'd like to say you get used to it but you don't really because all that happens it just goes up on scale so even probably my first ever video i already received one negative comment yeah and 10 lovely comments fast forward however many years i'd get 10 negative comments, 100 positive comments. Fast forward a few years, you get 100,000 nice comments and 10,000 negative yeah. comments. So it's just on scale. That's all it is. It just happens on scale. It, you always get a ratio between nice comments and, and negative comments because that's just the way the world works. It's just when you get bigger views, you get more negative but comments. What's as well the as worst positives. part is, though, I've had loads of nice comments up me around, loads of comments on the podcast ratings and stuff, people saying that we do a good job, whatever, and they might say, oh, guys, a good addition, whatever. And I love that. But what frustrates me is you can't, that, that could be 10 comments, but the one that says, something negative you cling on to that more it's a bit like golf again how many times you you after golf remember the one bad shot mm. you might have played brilliant you yeah. might have shot everything would have been to perfect plan all day and you forget about the lucky bounce you got on number yeah. three you forget about the fact that you the ball lipped in on number six or whatever it may be or you towed it and got lucky on on eight you remember the shot where you slightly healed it found the bunker and plugged in the face yeah like that's what you remember and that's what you go in the clubhouse and speak about for the rest of the round or go back home and tell your family about it's the one bad shot because that's yeah. the one that ruined you it's the one that you remember annoyingly um i learned something go on how to hold the mic have you noticed anything different today um, I'm grasping it like I'm not scared of it. Do I look scared of it? No, no, no. Okay. This, this was like a comment to me. So apparently I was, I was like, I was like, I can't even do it now. I was like this, like I was almost like, like scared of it. Where now I'm like grabbing it, like like you are grabbing that, like mic. proper grabbing it around <laughs> the base properly. So that, that sounds I, a bit weird. <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere. And put it really close to my mouth. It's taking a turn for the worst. <laughs> um, but that's why I feel like today I'm a bit down in tone. And I don't, I don't mean to be down in tone. It's just that hitting the high levels of number four and trending, it's good for you. It's good for me. But it comes with a couple of negative comments. And I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm honestly not annoyed. But if you do not want to leave all. a good comment on and say how good I am, please do. I really need it right now. <laughs> um, so that's enough golf for today. Okay. Um, let's throw in a nice couple of chilled out vibes on the Facebook questions. I like it. So what I'll start doing now every Monday is asking on the Facebook group for people to put the questions on there. So, But then I do what I've started again doing is turning off comments once we start recording the show. It's not fair that people leave them and don't get them even seen. So if, if you want your question answered, keep an eye on the Facebook group on Monday mornings or email them to podcast at rickshields.com. Perfect. Um, so a couple of little quick fires one, uh, ones really, but elaborate if you want to. Okay. I've got time. I like this. Uh, this is from Reese, and he said, the biggest mistake you have made launching and working within the social media arena. Ooh. I like the word arena. Biggest mistake. Should have set up a tech channel. Yes. <laughs> Get loads of views. <laughs> or a car channel. Yeah. <laughs> I think if I'd have done it in any other industry, I'd, I'd have become a car reviewer. But that would be hard to start, though, wouldn't it? What would you start in your... What did you used to have? A Peugeot? What was it? A Peugeot? A Citroen C2. What's I, one I'm I thinking of, those, those? The, the RCZ. The Peugeot RCZ. Yeah. <laughs> I love that car, you know. Yeah? It became much more of a, like a... Hairdresser car, I thought. Like a vibe. negative, yeah, vibe. But I loved it. How like, old when you got that like car? It's like a Batmobile. I remember seeing it on a poster. <laughs> 
So literally, I was driving home from Manchester one day, me and Claire, in my little C2. Yeah. I had big big rims on it. One of those one of those radios where you could like flip it out. It had, oh. used to have like uh, like fish that used to swim across the screen. And I used to take it out and put it in my pocket and take it with me because it was like 200 quid or whatever. You were a proper chav, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I, I had my suspension lowered. I had red um, uh, suspension springs or whatever they're called. Um, yeah, loved it. Crashed that. Standard. Got another C2. A little bit older now. Didn't didn't update it. Did as much. you rag it? And when, yeah, yeah. When I talk about C two, <laughs> I'm talking literally like if people in America, I don't, they wouldn't have had a Citroen C two. Like the car would have got squashed. It's like I, I don't even know the equivalent. A bit in bigger than a smart car. Yeah, it wasn't. It's not great. Like three doors. You had seats in the back, but very very small. Anyway, um, ended up. Did I crash that? No, I didn't crash that one. Then I got an RCZ, a Peugeot RCZ, which is like a. It's like a Peugeot sports car, mm. two litre, load, two seats. Name on the side. Name on the side, massive boot, massive. And this really cool glass like um, like window at the back that was curved, like which made it look much more like a, a Batmobile. And it was like an Audi TT mixed with a Batmobile, yeah. but dead cheap. Like yeah. that in, 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 re- yeah, relation in retrospect, to... I can't remember how much I paid for it now, but it wasn't like ridiculously expensive for something that was so sporty. And I loved it. I had it for five years. I remember getting the lease on it for five years. I thought, I won't keep it for five. I didn't want to give it back after really? five. I love. I remember that, that car driving to a Trafford Golf Centre, and it'd be there part on the right. You used yeah. to park it not on a bed. Or see everyone right, would yeah. see your, your name got my, and your got number. Got my name on the side of it, on the back of it. You know what? That actually gave me a lot of business. Bet it did. Like a lot, and that wasn't so much people driving past asking, like driving past and beeping at me, going, "Can I book a lesson?" <laughs> it was more that when I parked it, where I parked it, that was the main important factor because people knew I was in. So if somebody True. said to the front desk, oh, by the way, has Rick got a, a spot available today? I've seen his, I'm seeing he's in. They'll look in my diary and go, oh, yeah, he's got 12 o'clock free. Yeah. So that's what, how it brought in a lot of business. Can you remember the original question now? Uh, biggest mistake oh, in, well the, in the social media yeah. arena. I know one, but I'm not going to come on to that, that we've done. That we've done? Yeah, it's literally not going to come on to it now. But oh. um, In the second bonus podcast coming tomorrow. I haven't dreamed about that. No, it's nothing. Um, the, way you, the way you delivered that line, it's Just, like, you know what it's all <laughs> He's like, yeah, don't talk about it. Um, I'm going to go biggest mistake. Um, should be able to answer this pretty quickly, shouldn't I? But I'm struggling. The thing is, though, I think with mistake, you start to think of negative things you've done. Um, but it doesn't have to I be. Don't think I, would, be I don't think I would have started any earlier because I think I started at exactly the right time. Um, in hindsight, I can think of things we would have done differently on that like, YouTube and stuff. But again, you wouldn't have known. Like just like less course vlogs and stuff, or, or more or like different formats. I mean, not three yeah, separate just, parts. Just we wouldn't the, have known. Yeah, at the time, it felt like it was. Well, working, exactly. That's the thing. Like, you only know that from and it was hindsight. so new. It was so new. Yeah, I don't know. Nothing. You just perfect. Thanks. Um, this question, and I'm really sorry, I can't pronounce this gentleman's name. It's F A U S T. So I really don't know how to say that. Um, forced. Forced, possibly. And I think he's saying it's Bozzy. So I'm really sorry if, if that's I've butchered that, but I, I don't know how to. Um, sounds a silly question, but I think there's something in this. Do coloured and white golf balls deliver the same distance and spin, etc.? So you've got a Pro V1 in white versus a yellow, a Strix and Z star, white versus yellow. From what I believe, I believe it's exactly... the. Pro V1 didn't make a yellow Pro V1 for so long because they couldn't quite get the colouring right and still keep the performance. But let's say now it's the same performance. I always think yellows feel harder, though. I, I do. And it might be in my head. 
And I always feel like black wedges feel harder. Mm. But there's no real evidence behind that. So that's the only thing it would change. I think technically, if you test it on a robot, you'd see no difference. But we react different to different types of products. So that, that might be how you you might hit a yellow ball and a white ball exactly the same, but one will feel different to the other mm-hmm. just because of your mindset. Paul has asked, this is a good question, this. I play the same course every week. How to break 90 and keep consistent? At the same course every week? Mm-hmm. Like, is she, how close, is Paula? Paul, no, Paul, just, just Paul. It depends how close he is. But I think trying to think about the golf course, yes, it's the same course every week, Try not to think about that too much. I think I that's like where that. I think that's where a lot of people make the mistake where they'll let's say they get to the third hole here, the Marriott, so the par three down the hill. I always hit eight iron here. That's what I mean. Yeah, like fourth hole actually. Like I always hit the same club from yeah. this location, but the location's different today. The 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 temperature's different. The tee's different. The pin's different. You're swinging differently, whatever it may be. So when you can assess every single shot as a, as a new shot, yes drive on experience that you've got from that hole knowing that i can actually go long left here and not get punished but i definitely can't go short right that's okay because that doesn't change week on week but the where the actual shot that you're playing will change every single week um to do it consistently it's just a case of getting the reps in playing as much as as you can and trying to trying to you know it's hard to say what can consistently would you see any value this might be say it's a par 72 so we can shoot 17 over par would you see there any benefit in almost playing it like that, that every par is one more than what it actually is? Or is it, so say, for example, it's a par four, but you know you're getting a shot there, to play it like a par five, or do you think you should still play it as a par four? I don't know. Certainly when I was growing up, I would play it like that, thinking it would work. But I don't know if sometimes I went with it almost like too cautiously, yeah. almost too negatively. Like Because let's say a par four, a short par four, and you get a shot on it and call it a par five, but it's only a 260-yard par four, let's yeah. say. What what are you doing there? Are you hitting seven iron off the tee? And I don't I don't know. I think it's just making sure that you don't compound errors. I think that's the biggest thing. When something's going wrong, it's not compounding. You know, I mean that again. Going back to that Max Homer thing that we talked about before, him stuck behind the tree. I mean, for most golfers, they would have made a more of a hash of that. Mm-hmm. There's no way they would have made par. Um, it, it's just make, taking your medicine when you need to, but also taking the calculated risks and just not not you know hitting the terrible shots and then following up with another terrible shot and that's easier said than done but try not to oh, that's really poppy try not to uh kind of huh? compound oh when you spoke i just yeah pop the mic it's because you're trying to get too familiar with the microphone and hold it differently well, no, that's, i went back to normal there that's how normally i'd hold it <laughs> yeah you don't Somebody look said I, I look like i'm like scared of it really do yeah so i see like, it now i look really scared of it dead anxious sweating <laughs> shaking like a dog right this is what i'm going to answer first just because change from chad trafford okay Nice, nice surname. Yeah, yeah. Is an electric trolley classed as lazy? Now, the reason I was going to jump in on that first is because my golf club I grew up at from being eight years old to 20-odd, Huffwood Golf Club, it's proper, proper hilly. They always said you have to be like a mountain sheep. Yeah, exactly. And as a junior, I got my first electric trolley at the age of probably 12 or something. It wasn't a great one. That was like from Macro. It was like its kind of own brand. It was about 200 quid and it ended up falling apart. I wanted a more premium one, but didn't quite get on until a couple of years later but we used to get a few actually as, as a junior you know growing up with one you did get a few of the members kind of joking rolling oh you're too young to need one of those but it wasn't ever a question of i can't walk around this golf course with my clubs on my back because i could easily well i could now something like that age i was dead fit or whatever 
But it was more a case of I'm a junior golfer that takes it quite seriously, probably too seriously. I want to play as well as I can. And I know walking up the hole 18, it's really, really hilly after playing another 17 holes on a hilly golf course. That if I'm fresher to hit my next shot into the green, I'm going to hit a better shot probably than if I'd have carried my clubs. So it's not always about being lazy if you're not actually trolley. It's more about the fact of it keeps you fresher and if you want to play better golf. I mean, silly analogy. Someone said to you, you've got to hit a shot onto a green, right, from 150 yards. And if you hit the green, you're going to get your mortgage paid off. And if you miss the green, you're going to have to pay your mortgage forever, let's just say, whatever. But you've got two options. You can either hit the shot by having a few warm-up shots, nice and relaxed, and then doing it. Or you can carry a golf bag for four hours beforehand and then do it. You'd obviously say, well, I want to hit it without carrying a golf bag for four hours. I'm going to get heavy on my arms and stuff and, and make me feel tired. And it's kind of the same concept. It's a bit silly analogy, I know, but the same kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I don't think it's lazy, but what do you think? I don't think it's lazy. I've I've had spells of using electric trolleys. Um, you know, I do like using electric trolleys. I think in some regards, it's a slightly counter, I think it's it's almost less than lazy because you have to actually plan it more slightly. Yeah. Like you have to have the ba- battery charge, you've got to get it out of your car, you've got to get it all set up, where if you're actually carrying your bag, you just chuck Flash your clubs in the car and you get on the other side, chuck them out and, and you're off, off and running. So uh, I don't think it is lazy. Apparently, electric trolleys aren't that big in America, weirdly. So, American, listen, I'm sure you know what they are. It's like a, a, a pull trolley, but electric, and it goes in front of you. But I don't think they're a big thing just it's, yet. It's because I don't think walking's a big thing in America, well, playing yeah, golf. Buggy, uh, trolley, uh, carts. Golf carts, yeah. yeah, they call them out there. Like, unbelievably popular. Even, like, little golf courses all have carts. Mm. I don't like that. I don't mind I like them buggies. if it's one where you can go right to your ball. If it's on a path and then you, you, you're 50 yards left, you've got, yeah, you've got to take. Or some of them, like my, again, my old club, you couldn't take it off the path. So if you were in the rough 50 yards to the right, you have to take what, four clubs out your bag to then see what you need. And it's just like, it's not that good. Yeah, I, I don't mind it if it's literally nine holes with a mate and you're just literally just whizzing around. Mate's day. Drinks, in it? Dr- well, yeah, drinks. Bit of, I, I've never played with music, no, though. I'm not into that. I've never, ever I played with music. it's trying too hard to be cool. But if you do it, not hating on you, but it's not for me. I've got a few reasons behind it. One, I'd be way too... If you literally had the golf course to yourself, mm-hmm. and it's hard to believe, but if you had a complete golf course to yourself, yeah, blare music as loud as you want. Like, I've got no problem with that if it's in your group. If everyone mm-hmm. in your group is happy with that, where well, I would just find it weird is that I feel like I'm always turning the volume up, turning it down, down. as you're going past groups, because inevitably you are going to go past other players. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, and what, what, what are they going to think about your blaring music and then what music do you choose like that i find that really chilled hip-hop is that where you'd go old school maybe yeah just like a kind of it's there but it's not intrusive yeah because then you get sick of the song just 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 bubbling just a nice beat like in a cool wine bar very much like the music on your videos when you're playing and you do a little bit of b-roll section it's just like yeah wine bar music is there isn't that weird that when you're in a bar and there's music on for an hour but you, someone said when you came out what song was on, you couldn't say a single not one. A, not a Weird chance. that, it? Because it all like blends into yeah, one, it? just there, really? just background, it's a nice level. Yeah. Um, a couple more of these questions, and this is something, again, I've got an opinion on, but I want to hear yours, obviously. From Reese. within how far is a reasonable gimme put? And he's put three foot unclosed with question mark. I feel like Reese has already asked the question. It might be a different Reese. Um, how close? So, how close is a reasonable gimme put? I th- the old... Rule of thumb is inside you put a grip. Mm. You know so that that's one. like 18 inches roughly? No, as in like you put your hole... Oh, you right, your, yeah. And you then put it's, your putter head yeah. in the hole. So that's going to be what about... Well, a putter's 34 inches. It's going to be about 18 inches again, isn't it, roughly? Take seven inches off, roughly. Oh, sorry, yeah, I'm with you. So you're inside... So it's the, up to the steel. So, yeah, about 
28 inches, inches yeah, yeah 20, 27 20, yeah it's two foot just over two foot two and a half foot yeah i'd never really do gimmies you not that play them or you don't give them i'd give them if i was playing with you and you wanted you were just having a knock about <laughs> if you wanted but i never i don't get the point in it i really i know again people might whinge at this but for me if it's that close to knock it in why would you not knock it in Maybe in COVID times with the whole flag thing, kind of. But in normal situations, what is if it's literally so close? Because, again, last week we had this conversation about holding ones and what's real or what's not. And I'm not that bothered about that. But if I'm playing with you and I put it close in three and it's a tap-in for a par four and I don't tap it in, you give it me. I've not really made a four, have I? I've hit three strokes. But what are we playing here? Just casual golf or Any- match play? Well, if it's match play and you give me a putt, I'd be mad not to take it because I could, in theory, miss it. Anything can happen. So I would take it if you give me a match play. If we're playing a casual game of golf here, anywhere, I, I never, ever... And it actually annoys me if I chip it and it, or put it closer so and knock it back. It, yeah. it does me head because yeah. you've not made... I know It's how I think. I know it's a bit weird, but if I'm writing a scorecard especially, even just for practice round, and you pass me one back without asking it really, like, not so I have a go, but in my head I'd be well annoyed. Do you think gimme should exist at all? No, what's the point? If it's now, a tapping, why, why not tap it in? Why actually do they exist? Is it to speed up play or is it is it just a kind of friendly in match play possibly? I feel like match play is so fast anyway, typically. Well, yeah, I just don't get it at all. I well, I do get it, but I don't like playing it. That's what and I, also, I imagine, I right, imagine we're playing a match now and you're in the bunker and you stiff it, so even to six inches, you're, you're going to get the putt. But part of it, the nice thing is knocking it in to make the up and down. Not just having it roll back to you. Why do I not know the answer to why gimmies exist? Probably because you know nothing about golf, really. It's all a big lie. Wow. <laughs> I need to research that for next um, week. Next week, I'm going to talk about why gimmies exist. Be interest, interested to hear people's thoughts. Not maybe in the Facebook group about gimmies and do you play gimmies or not? Because, again, nothing against them. I just personally wouldn't... I don't get the point. Yeah. I, for me, it's just... Regardless of social play, because that, the rules almost go out of the play. It's more match play. Why do gimmies exist in match play? Um, I don't know. A lot of things. A lot of things. Could we half a hole? We can half a hole. You can just both pick up from anywhere in a match play, can't you? Yeah. You don't miss a hole if you wanted to. As far as I know. I find that Call really it weird. half. Um, another question. It's an, a good one from Kane. He said, "Just order a set of Titleist seven eighteen AP twos. What's your thoughts on them? Solid set yeah, of irons. Great set of irons. Done. For me, I've got T one hundreds." Um, which is essentially the newer version, I'd happily have the AP2s. Yeah, they're AP2 no different. So good. Unless you bother having the latest and greatest, they're no different. Um, we also, you saw this, I know, we gave away some stickers, or we're giving away some we stickers. Did. The last set, I only posted this week, so I'll hold my hands up. It took a while to get them. The reason was, had a little envelope, didn't have any stamps, so I had to get three stamps off my oh. mum to do it because I gave away three. But I thought, I enjoyed the process. I wrote a little handwritten note in there as well. Yeah. yeah said, sorry for the delay. Um, something like that from Guy. Oh, nice. Didn't put your name on. No, no. Absolutely no way. You did nothing <laughs> for it, so you don't have any clout. Um, but we put a thing on the Facebook group again where people could win a few more. Okay. So I have picked um, three winners, one of which is a bit annoying, and I'm going to come on to that. So the winners were Tim Curry, Gareth Waite, and Lewis James. I messaged them all and said, you've won. Um, let me know your address and I'll send them out to you. Um, it's not his fault, but um, Gareth Waite actually um, lives in Australia. So he's come back and said that he was he is English. He's from England, but he lives in Australia. He said, if it's too expensive to post him, don't worry about it. So I'm going to have a look at posting them. I don't know yeah. how much it is. Is it just the same price? I don't no, understand. No, it's more expensive. Um, so we'll put it on Rick's card. That's going to say, I'll treat um, But I said also, I said, if we don't do for any reason, I'll give you a big, big shout in the podcast. So Gareth, wait. You're my mate. And Let's have cannot... a game of golf and have a date. And we can't wait. We can't wait. Anything else could rhyme with that? 
no. Um, but Gareth Waite, though, just promised him a shout-out, so he's had one. Oh, his, his name was Waite. I rhymed Waite with Waite. That's, yeah, that's but... pretty terrible. But either way, all right, Gareth, you'll get a shout-out. I'm guessing that means you're not getting your sticker. Well, if you're paying for it, then he's getting a sticker. I'm not paying for it. You're I getting to... a shout-out and a sticker. Well, last time I had to buy the envelopes and myself. And he lives in Australia. And he lives in Australia. I bought the envelopes, didn't expense them. Um, I think I got a pack of. They were really good because they're perfect size of the sticker. They were just a bit bigger. So I think I got 12. So that's why I was kind of feeling generous to give more away. So if you pay... So, so I don't care about Gareth getting his sticker or not. But if you want, if you care and you want him to get it, you pay. But he's just got a shout-out. Well... And he's still getting a shout-out. I'll make Gareth wait. I feel like he, he needs to send us something. <laughs> you um, send us the money and you can have your sticker. <laughs> no, you can have your sticker. Um... um what was the criteria? Because it was the criteria was annoyed be, me. In in theory, quite simple, right? In theory, it should be simple. And um, the criteria was you have to be a subscriber to the Rick Shields Golf Show YouTube channel. Yes. Which, if you don't know, it's the second YouTube channel. It's the it, it was originally Rick Shields Daily. It became Rick Shields Podcast. It's now Rick Shields Golf Show. It's soon to become Rick Shields Clips, and then it's going to be Guy Chan at Golf Show. <laughs> so make sure you subscribe. Then it become Rick Shields. Car review channel. Yes. <laughs> but either way, we're getting up to 45,000 subscribers. You have to be a subscriber to that. Leave a screenshot. And, and people were literally taking pictures of the dog and uploading. <laughs> <laughs> Got beans on toast pictures. <laughs> no. Like, literally, no. Not um, getting the gist. So you have to be a subscriber to the second channel. We'll do more. Though. Well, we've actually never run out of stickers. Um, Did you not give me a big batch? I gave you a big batch, but I don't know where your big batch is gone. I've not leave you for anything. I've put mine over the top of my Apple logo on my computer. It's like when you see them on the BBC and they cover up the Apple logos, don't want to advertise brands. I don't want to give Apple any more free publicity. You know, I'm an influencer and stuff. So I, I don't do give... that with all my Nike clothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I did it, didn't I? I stuck one on. <laughs> that was the other logo I stuck on. Um, so, I don't know how far we're in. I feel like I'm getting into this now more. I was a bit uptight before and I feel like I've relaxed. Now, I had to get off my chest. I that... think the cameras and stuff is... Yeah, is... The, the, the cameras aren't great, really. We're hoping to get a new filming studio so we can set it up a lot easier. Uh, quick update. Walk 18, we've raised 30 grand now. That's ridiculous. You've Mad done very well. So, I've got seven more days to go. Uh, yesterday, weirdly... Did you do it yesterday? I, did. okay. I didn't post a picture. No, sorry. And do you know why? Why? Friday, when I posted... Um, me dressed as a horse. That was really good. I actually laughed out loud. Uh, we lost the most amount of followers ever on Instagram. Oh, wow. How so, many? like 400 people Christ. unsubscribed, unfollowed. Did you notice that I liked your picture? First time ever. That, what, you never, seen? ever <laughs> like any picture that I post, ever. <laughs> most of the time because you posted it. Yeah. But <laughs> no, I never like your pictures because it feels like a lot of them are my own in a way, <laughs> even though it's like your stuff. And I thought, actually, I genuinely can also, I like, because I always know if either, like, what it's going to be. I had no idea and I saw that and I actually liked it. And I thought, only if you'll realise. I've, I've been keeping the fancy dress outfits a bit of a secret. Yeah. I good. really didn't want to do it Friday. Like, really didn't Did want you to take one of the children with you? Yeah. Is that why? Because you felt a bit less of a cock? Well, yeah, because I, it's a bit of a shield. Like, I feel like I'm with a kid. It's all right. He's with a kid. Yeah. He's not a complete weirdo walking around the street as Mario or a That's horse. the best so far. i tell you what I've actually done. I'll, I'll be honest with this. I've had a few people in just general work phone calls this last week. You've said, oh, you know, you're doing a great thing with the Walk 18. I've said, you know what? I'm doing absolutely nothing. It was all Rick's idea. I've been on one walk with him. But other than that, I've done nothing. It was his ideas and it all. So I've given you... I would have liked to take some of the praise, but I've not done. So yeah, I didn't post it yesterday because I didn't want to lose any more followers. <laughs> so I've got one more week. I did five and a half miles yesterday. Wow. Got completely lost. It's a tough one with that because like you said, every time you post a picture, it gets it in people's minds again. It might get a bit more donations. More donations coming, definitely. But also, I can understand people might get a little bit. So 
but equally, we're close to the end now. Yeah. You can really ramp it up, yeah, and exactly. then it's one big hurrah. Done. Um, no more walking. Yeah. Start to hitting golf balls. No, it's been, it has been amazing. Like I say, um, each day I've been getting out there, doing it with golf clubs. Uh, we've got one more fancy dress on Friday, which I've not quite picked yet, but I think we're in for a special one. Um, hopefully weather's a bit nicer, but yeah, the support has been amazing. And it be it would be phenomenal, and I'm not putting any pressure on anyone, it'd be phenomenal to get it up to like 36,000. That, that would be good double number. the target yeah. that we set. That would be a very good number. But regardless, I think the amount is... It's probably exceeded what I thought originally. I'll be honest. Me too. Because um, I think cause I saw a comment actually from a listener called Colin Wallace, and I don't, I don't, I think you replied to me. I don't think he meant it in a, in a negative because he's a good guy. He listens to all the podcasts. He said that because you put a screenshot of how much you've raised and how many people have actually put money in. I think it was two thousand, yeah. and he said something like, "With one point five million subs, I would have thought more people would have donated." But great thing you're doing, whatever. And I understand what he means. Cause it's easy to look and think you've got one point five million subscribers, yet only two thousand people have donated. But it's one thing asking people clicking subscribe on a free YouTube channel. We just press one button. They're actually putting money out their own pocket that everybody needs right now in this tough time to to give away essentially to charity. Uh, you're not getting it's any totally unfor- like charity. You're not getting anything in return. For no, it, apart from a nice fuzzy feeling inside. You're not. You're not getting a product. You're not getting. So I was overwhelmed at two. It's a lot. People. It is a hell of a lot. I mean, is it sounds like me. Bad math. Is it one percent? No, it's not but one percent. Yeah, so but that it's not just, a lot, it, but, but it, it's a, it, it, but it is a lot yeah. still. And, and people have literally been unbelievable. Like, people have donated like hundreds of pounds. Like I've had a, an anonymous donation of a thousand pounds and things like that. So it's like, you know, what's weird though with that? Like that is you proper respect that person for doing it. But also weirdly, when someone put two quid in, I massively respect that because oh, God, you think 100%. the chances of that person, it's that without being sounding horrible, it, it probably means quite a lot to, to them. So yeah, yeah. the fact they've put two pound in is, is, it might be like a junior. It's really kind of like, sincere like yeah. a young junior's not got much pocket money and they put two quid in it's really yeah. nice that, uh, isn't every, it? sing- every single donation has been amazing um, so like I say seven more days and uh, it, it's, it's been good and people have been asking me have I been losing weight I think I would have been if I wouldn't have been eating quite as bad but have you been way, eating bad again no not too bad actually medium another thing actually got pulled up on so another have a go at guy week uh, this was an ingest though. Again on the podcast last week, I asked you what you had from McDonald's, what you had from your McDonald's order, and somebody I can't remember his name now said, "Guy, why didn't you ask Rick about his Indian order? Have you got something against uh, takeaways?" Oh, God. It was a joke, but I haven't got to think about Indians. But Chicken tikka masala, standard for you. That I don't even call it. Like I don't even look at the menu. Yeah, like I just have that the usual. Yeah. What was that you used to do when you could go? Actually, when you could go in and get a free beer or something, and then come home. Oh, that was the best. So I, I'd order it. I tell Claire that let, let we go. So let's say it's seven. Let's say it's eight p.m. Right, kids are in bed. <laughs> I like the detail. Claire, Claire's chilling out. I've lit the candles for her. Put the fire on. Poured her a glass of wine. Should we get an Indian? Let's get an Indian. So quick order. So it's five minutes down the road. Not yeah. even far from me. They don't do delivery though, annoyingly. But I don't mind it because the I trip. use a little tactic. So I ring up, say, you know, hey, hey, it's Rick. We've already got you. It's already in the oven. Yeah. It's already in the oven. And we're like, great. So I say, how long is it going to be? And they say. Probably about half an hour. I go, mm-hmm. great, perfect. So I said to Claire, it's going to be 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So she goes, oh, brilliant, 20 minutes, that's great. So 15 minutes after putting the phone down, I best jump in the car now, love. I best get going. I don't want to be late. Mm-hmm. You're hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs> you know, jump in the car. Five minutes, It's literally five minutes down the road. And when I get there, they're like, oh, Rick, you're early. Don't worry, sir. Do not worry. I'll have, a, I'll have a little cheeky beer because you can. Yeah. You can. You can have a beer and 
drive. Can't stay Corona. under the, yeah. stay under the limit. You have one, one beer. beer, one beer only. One beer, half pint normally. Half pint. Bit, bit, no, I have a, just a pint. <laughs> and uh, I feel like it's going to put me in trouble somehow. But no, it's not. you're allowed to have one beer. And uh, I know full well that the curry's not ready yet. Claire, it texts me. What's happening? Oh, they're running late again. They're busy. They're busy in here. Running late. Won't be long. Have my beer. Get my food. Off I go. So I've not made them wait. The food's not cold. The food's perfect. Mm-hmm. I've had a little cheeky beer. Claire just thinks it, it's delayed. Everyone's a winner. She goes, it's always delayed. Why don't you just go a bit later? Yeah, but the one time I go a bit later, it won't be delayed. But then the problem is then um, Claire goes on like TripAdvisor and leaves a review and says, four out of five stars. Food's phenomenal, but they're always bloody late. They always tell my husband 10 minutes before it's ready. Yeah. Good. Um, where are we up to? Length? Too long. Is it? Yeah. Past an hour? Oh, comfortably. <laughs> is it not going to tell me? One twelve. Oh my God. I think we're done. Yeah. Um, some videos coming out this week. Tomorrow, you'll see a new Tats driver. Friday, you'll see a new Bridgestone golf ball. And next week, well, we've heard news, rumours. We're not confirmed on this yet, but golf's going to be open on 29th of March. Well, everyone will know by now. Oh, yeah. So hopefully it's 29th of March or earlier. 8th of March would be great, but sometime in March. Yeah. Well, the good news, the kids go, are looking to go back on the 8th of March. Yeah. So between the 8th of March and 29th, Chill out time. Loads of podcasts. Chill out time. Two a week. We've actually potentially got a big one lined up for next week with kind of just penciling it in. Oh, yeah. That's um, going to be really good, actually. That will that genuinely be really good. And um, it, yeah. It's funny with the podcast. We, we've mentioned it a few times is, you know, when we ask people or when a conversation starts, what's your favorite podcast? It seems to be the ones with guests yeah. because they're the most memorable, I suppose. Mm-hmm. It's dead easy to go, oh, I really love that one with tubes or or... John Tor, Robbins, Tor, Tor Robbins, Caddy. Tor Caddy, or Robbie Williams, or MKBHD, or whatever it may be, because they're easy. Episode fifty-seven, when we talked complete nonsense about whatever, yeah, which I think actually might have been which guy ruined <laughs> with his whiny voice. One star, pathetic, <laughs> pathetic. That's not the case. So, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll see you next week. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to everything, and we'll see you soon. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. 
ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>